show. John Hayes, Danny Brams. Danny, it's the OG show at Nota Brewing Company OG on North Davidson. Danny Brams, we're finally at a, at a Nota establishment. OG's in the house. Nota is one of the very OG brewing companies in the fine Queen City where we live. And we drank we've drank Nota de beers on the show before, but this is the first time we've what been are you at a Nota. Now? That's what I want to know. I'm drinking your namesake beer. I'm, this actually, uh, this is one you said you should have ordered this, and, and you're right because it fits you so well. It's called Radio Hayes, which different spelling, but uh, you as John Hayes who works in radio your whole life. I mean, Radio Hayes is right up your alley. I think this needs to be your next one. Uh, it's a really nice uh, West Coast IPA. It's a I'd call it kind of heavy. It's he- it's a heavy IPA if you will, but it's kind of a cold and rainy day in in charlotte it's actually finally starting to the rain's kind of burning off but do, do you i guess you, are, you, are you perfectly southern now in that a 78 degree it's cold <laughs> <laughs> it was cold at one point I, I don't know maybe it's uh it's not chilly but it's just it's been rainy and gloomy it's fantastic so a heavier ipa one that like i really like these glasses they have here at the og and the way the beer just kind of sits in it and gets like the, the color of it gets deeper and darker as you go down to the bottom of the glass. That's what I'm really appreciating about, appreciating about these beers right now. Yeah, these glasses. The, the taste is fire. not bad either, yeah. So uh, you should have had the Radio Haze, but what do you have instead? I've got the Big Slurp. It's it's a hazy beer as well. Right, with, they look like with, twins. With a lot of um, orange notes. Yeah. Some citrus notes to it, and it, it's fantastic. As we're right here outside on the patio. Uh, Soul Food Meat Company, new location up here. In in Noda on North Davidson. Yeah, if you're familiar with the South End, you know Soul Food Meat Company is one of the best places to grab a late night uh, after party drink or or snack or appetizer or even an entree. Some of the best wings in Charlotte. I didn't realize and they had this location. Now right we're yeah we're seeing what looks to be a new location right across the street here. We're gonna have to uh, check that out. Three times the size after of the, the original. Show? Yeah. Hey, let's get some takeout wings. That, that sounds like a uh, Sunday night plan to me. So we're gonna do that. We're gonna have some beers here on the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes and Danny Brams. Then we're gonna go to to Soul Food, get some dinner tonight, and. Soul food. Let's go. Before that dinner, we're going to talk about a, a lot of action on the pitch. MLS Cup, United States Men's National Team, some EFL Cup action this week coming, always the Cup. It's Cup season. And we're going to talk about fiction as well. We're going to talk about uh, Ted Lasso and, and his squad on the on the show tonight. Be curious, not judgmental. That's a mantra for life, for this show, for soccer fandom, for all kinds of things. A ton of soccer talk, and of course, we're going to answer our tremendous friends of the show, the questions as well, Danny Brams, because that's what we like to do on the on the Charlotte Soccer Show: answer your questions, get the audience involved. So we sent out the bat signal, and we appreciate you tonight asking us these questions, and, and we'll get to those here on the other side. But first, we need to start with the, the news of the week for Charlotte FC, and that is the expansion draft. Uh, it's pressing matters. We got some decisions to make. On uh, Thursday this week, the 10th, every club in MLS will be required to send the league a list of protected players that St. Louis City FC... SC, United... (laughs) 
yeah, uh, rovers. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. They're kind of they're like our the, we. I, I, do you feel? I feel a natural affinity of uh, of natural rivalry. I should say against St. Louis, just as like they're the ones that sort of we are like the we were the new child that got all the love and attention and everything. Although we didn't get a ton of love and attention from MLS in general, but like. They're now the apple of everyone's eye, and all the uh, any attention we did get as an expansion team this past season now goes to St. Louis, and so it's kind of just like they, just like when you're the kid and the, your your parents have another kid and they care more about that new kid for a little while, but and they have to get back to you. I feel like MLS has to get back to us now. I, I don't know. So I just I'm pissed at St. Louis for coming in and doing that. Would have been nice to be the new kids for a little while, I, I suppose. And I think we're going to have a rivalry, rivalry with them on the pitch as well. So that, I'm anticipating that because they just uh, – I just feel chip on my shoulder when I think of St. Louis. Honestly, I don't even know what their club is called. Is it, what it's is called St. It? Louis City FCSC FC United no, no, seriously, Rovers. What is it called? <laughs> it's called St. Louis City Soccer Club. St. Louis City Soccer Club, yeah. So STLCSC. Is what the official designation is, but I just you always see me referring to them as STLSC, STLCSC, FCSC United. Is there is is my official designation for them? So uh, if yeah. you if you're not uh, confused at this point, <laughs> yeah. you're not. Uh, I think human because I have no clue what he's saying. Yeah, and I, I, this is only my second beer, but I, I think I'm tracking it so far. Who is Charlotte FC going to leave? Protected. Well, this is where we found this again. This is what we got to do last year, which was we got to go steal five players from other rosters in the league. Now we have to put some people out there that are vulnerable to be stolen. Think about a guy like Mackenzie Gaines. Right. Think about somebody that 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 we drafted from Austin, an expansion club. Yeah. And exactly. He's a they, massive impact player in our inaugural season. And they could Austin could have been thinking to themselves, oh, surely. Surely our fellow expansionites would never do us dirty like that and steal one of our players. That we we don't have to worry too much about who we're leaving unprotected. Even though Gaines was a homegrown kid, he's from Austin. He was like a fan favorite. They left him unprotected, and we went and got him. So when you think about who is St. Louis, who are they going to, you know, take prospects from? Who are they going to take players from? Right. I think Charlotte FC is at the very very top of the list. And yeah, exactly, because we've stockpiled talent. Our scouts, Thomas and Zorn and the crew, that all just re-upped new contracts. Oh, right. re- Why do you think they got new contracts? Because they did a hell of a job. Like, duh. This, this squad right now yeah. is just filled with depth, yeah. filled with talent, filled with players that know how to manage a inaugural season Right. as well. Right, exactly. That experience is valuable. That's a great point. Even though I'm sure any player would tell you, they'd be like, they'd be pissed to have to go through all the ups and, you know, the unique and uh, special trials and tribulations that come with being the new, as fun as it is to be the new team in town, there's also like a lot of issues that can come along with it. So it would suck to go through that one year and then have to complete, and then like feel established and then completely have to do it over again. But still, that's going to, St. Louis doesn't care about that. that, that, if, If it appeals to them to get that kind of experience, they'll go for it. And the other thing is, John, like the extra layer of strategy that comes into this. So, like, if you're not familiar with the mechanics, we can protect 12 players on our roster, and there's a few others that fit a homegrown designation, uh, namely Bender and Jones and Hagart and Romero, uh, that we don't have to worry about. They don't. They're automatically protected. So, but 12 have to be chosen, and so. The thing is, it's not just like you're not worried about who St. Louis would take to play. 
we have to be worried about who they might take just to trip to move on and trade so that's why even guys that we know they wouldn't want to take like they already have their starting goalkeeper so like do we protect our goalkeepers because uh st louis doesn't have to worry about it they already signed their starting goalkeeper a guy a very famous german goalkeeper from borussia dortmund who's got a ton of european experience played champions league so like they've got a champions league goalkeeper do we have to protect our goalkeepers i don't know because christian kalina is a hot like there's other teams that don't have a goalkeeper so st louis could take him from us if he's unprotected and move him on to another team now i i personally because there's other guys I want to protect, I'm almost willing to take that risk, but I think it's a pretty big risk. What do you think? As far as Kalina is concerned, I, I, the lasting memory in my mind from the season, Danny, is just his, his gaffe in the most important match of the season. Sure. So when you ask me if I want to protect him, I'm just like, um, probably could do fine without him. I, I've been on this but, podcast before and said that Pablo Cisneyega right. is somebody. The clean sheet against Philadelphia by Pablo Cisneyega. Is somebody you know, that could yeah, potentially exactly. step in yeah. and not That's, really be a drop-off from Christian Kalina. Now, I, right. I just the difference there is is probably minuscule. And, and I think that our goalkeeper depth – I just got done talking about depth in the squad. Right. This is the point. You're making right. my point for me. Right. Is that like <laughs> – Hey, there you go. If, if, if Christian Kalina or Pablo Cisneyega, I'll take either of the guys. Sure. And I'm not married to either one of them. But I do like the fact that we've I got agree. both. That's why I am willing to take the risk of leaving them exposed. I know we've the conversations happened already a little bit on Twitter. Obviously, uh, the Top Bin 90 crew put out their lists of who they would protect, and they had a couple different looks and different arguments. Both of their main lists had Kalina on it. And I, I pushed back on this, hey, why do we need to protect Kalina when we're giving exposure, we're leaving, in these scenarios that were put out there, we're leaving other wingers and attacking players exposed that actually have more impact. A goalkeeper is just a goalkeeper. Again, sorry, <laughs> apologies, Jess Sharman, but like goalkeepers are are the most replaceable players in a squad. Let's just put it that way. And we have three de- we have two really good ones and a decent one as a third in George Marks. So like why are we going to risk losing a Shin Yashiki or a Gaines or something like that because we could, didn't have a spot for them. And who cares if St. Louis wants to take Kalina and move him on, then have at it. Good luck. I don't think they will. I, I call their bluff on that. I don't think they'll actually do that. St. Louis has way too much other stuff they have to worry about than to f with us on a goalkeeper, but we're playing poker, and yeah. Char- Charlotte FC and, and St. Louis <laughs> SCFC uh, Union Independence, yeah. uh, <laughs> Rovers, Rovers, yeah, yeah, whatever. United, they are. yeah. You know, that's who we're playing against. They're wearing shades. They yeah. got the visor on. Well, let, they're, they're smoking as well. The, me, the, the, the poker room's dark, and they're trying to figure out how they can fuck us. Right, and this, the, let me t- like give you a little bit of knowledge. They that want might, one of our players. Uh, let's see how does how does this, I know how does this There's play no into your analogy? It. So say, the reason they have all this crazy letters, this giant like word, letter uh, blockade of, of uh, a train wreck that is all these letters put together for STLC, SC, FCSC, United, or whatever. So the C, that extra C, it's it's not St. Louis Soccer Club. It's St. Louis City Soccer Club. Because in St. Louis, I'm not a local there, and I don't understand all the dynamics on this, but I do have a lot of friends from there. And the fact that they insisted on City being in the name is some kind of, like, vibe. I'm not going to claim to, like, speak with authority here. I don't want to piss anybody in St. Louis. But there's a dividing line between St. Louis City and the county around St. Louis that's pretty starkly divided just from my experience of talking to people that live there so like the fact they insisted on city being in the name should tell you a little bit about where they're coming from in that they're 
trying to speak just to the people that live in St. Louis City? Are they really well? Like you think about Charlotte FC, we're welcoming in everyone from South Carolina. We have chapters across uh, even Southern Virginia. People come down. We got chapters in Raleigh. We're like trying to draw as many people in. Whereas St. Louis City is already being kind of exclusionary just in the very name of their club. What does that tell you about the type of poker player you're playing against? Somebody that is 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 going to bluff you, that <laughs> is going to be tough to read, yeah. and somebody that is going to want to ultimately take your chips, and that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, might just uh, splash the pot just because they they can. They're the guy that's playing in sun. They're the the one that's still Listen, playing wearing they, sunglasses. Yeah, w- yeah. They're the ones who are drafting. <laughs> that means that they are the chip leader at the table. Right, they're they're the they're the ones who are sure. dictating. Play. Right, they got the button, and we're, you know? and we're yeah, on exactly, defense. Exactly, and we're they, on defense. They get to act last. We they they make the final decisions. Exactly. So, I hate that. I don't like it at all. We have to be prepared and 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 start getting prepared for somebody on this roster to be at, at their organization at the end of the week. You think they're taking someone that whoever you're saying that of whatever we're forced to leave unprotected, God rest God bless them because we don't want to, but we have to. You're saying pre, be prepared to lose to someone to St. Louis this week. Yes. Wow. <laughs> that's a bold statement. But that's where you think they're coming from. I think that uh, they're they're coming after us. I think they want to play us this year. I, I think they want to play us and I think they they they're going to want to come into this league yeah. and be the new kids on the block and they want their soccer-specific stadium to shine. And they want to be the Soccer Don's newest little pet toy. Folks, if you don't think that's fuel for a rivalry, then you don't know the nature of, of – you, you need another season in MLS to get, get used to what it's all about because everything you're saying like plays into exactly what I was saying at the beginning, which is I got a chip on my shoulder against these guys. I don't even know them and I hate them. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams, we're, we're here on North Davidson. And Noda at the Noda Brewing Company OG. It's an OG cast, baby. And, like, we, f- I feel like an OG, you know? I feel OG's on the scene. The Noda, the other Noda, uh, the main big Noda over on Tryon a couple blocks away, it was my very first Charlotte FC event. That was my OG experience was buying the, uh, the training top, like the black and white shirt. Even before we had a kit, we had that training top with the logo. And I was like, I, I need some gear. That was my first ever gear. I still have it. I've worn it out to tapings before. A player that I really want to get your perspective on is Danny Rios. Does he end up on your list? Is he somebody that you want to protect? Are we going to do the list? Are we doing our own lists or are we doing a collective show list? I don't have a list. Okay. Because I disagree with most people in thinking that like there's a guaranteed eight or nine guys on the squad that should be protected what is your so put take the numbers out of it who is your who's on your list of like this is the only people i would protect and you can go as low as you need to okay great question and this i think puts my answer into perspective um i would make sure that kyle sardersky is on the team and that everything else just falls into place around him (laughs) list of one (laughs) it's a list of one yeah your list is a dot yeah yeah it's just it's just one guy and that's just how I feel about it. It's just like, yeah. um, I'm not going to spend so much time and energy coming up with a, a list of, of 12 people that should be protected when, truthfully, any of those people that get taken away 
what the scouting department has done and what this organization has done is made me feel comfortable with what the depth looks like. Yeah. So it's a list of one. How, how, what is your list like? My list has a few more automatics on it. You probably have 12. I well, let's be let me go. I haven't counted, but let me go down my list of uh, because you're you're talking about difference makers, and you're talking about if you could t- get your what I hear from you when you say that is you could get ten new guys next year and stick them around Carroll, and we'd have a fighting chance if we had to. That's what you're saying. That's why Carroll's the only one that like we make sure he's on the team no matter what, and. And, and I, have a, and, I get where you're coming with that. And, and, I, and I mentioned Danny Rios off the top because I think a strike partnership with Swiderski is the next most important thing yeah. for this squad. So do you want it to be yeah. Danny Rios? Or is there somebody else there that you get? And then the third most important player within the squad, in my opinion, would be Nuno Santos. Let me see if I can and, go down uh, my list. Do those three check out? Because we, we, we actually do plan out a little bit of what we're going to talk about, but we don't necessarily – we didn't necessarily like write out a list here before the show. So this is live. Three? I'm asking you. Not Rios. No, I don't protect any Rios. Okay. So, so you're you putting me on the spot here. So you have you're to sign put, a striker. You're putting me on the spot here. So you have to sign a striker? No, nah, St. Louis won't take him. I, I would call St. Louis's bluff on Danny, I think, um, you know, unfortunately. Here, let me get my list. Let me see if I can get to 12 on my musts list. Let's let's put it that way. Carroll, number one must, obviously. Not even a question. I think Brant's connection is so strong to the what the spirit of this team is that it's impossible to lose. He must be on the list. Say what you the want. Bro. The bro is the man. He He has the talent. I'm not disparaging his talent at all. But you can take talent out of the equation with Brant because it like just to lose him would just be and in uh, irreplaceable loss. It would take years to replace. He's that. a Latanzio player too, and that sure. he is a high motor 100%. and he wants to play. Yeah, the full. And game. he does have the talent. Obviously, hope you're yeah. listening, Brant. We love you. You, I'm not uh, slagging down your talent at all. You're, you, I think you're one of the best yeah, center I mids mean, in this league. We saw the one touch finish. I'm I'm going to start addressing Brant in the second person here for yeah. the rest of the episode. I'm just assuming he's listening. Yeah, good idea. Uh, so Carol, Brawny bro, I think you keep Melanda because of his age, because of his age at that position and what he flashed and the potential. You can't let that get away. That's an obvious keeper for me as I move towards 12. I think I would keep Carujo. It sucks to have to keep like coming off the knee surgery. You never know, and it, it could it. He could have a great recovery. I know he's not going to slack off of the work. He's going to work his way back as, po- as hard as possible, but you just never know. And so it would it would suck to – whether we kept – put him on the protected list or not, it would suck to, like, have him just not be as good as I remember him being because he really was a rock for our team this year. And I hope that he gets back to 95% of that. I think it would be great. Uh, and then I – so I – I don't know, like, I would probably keep Shinyashiki just because I really think he's an important player. I think he has a lot of, like, he, we re, we just recently re-signed him. And so I, you, so I just you're think, willing to let Rios go and have Shinya play that role as the, as the as the striker? Well, you know I like to see Shinya on the wing, actually, with well, Carroll. Well. I, I, I know he doesn't quite uh, fit the mold of the DP that's kind so of took his how place. Many which is, right how many I'm up to four. I'm up to Karuho Milanda. No, five. Karuho Milanda. Swiderski, Bronico, Shinyashiki, Gaines, obviously. Let's put him in the mix. Obviously, huh? Uh, He's superstar. <laughs> yeah, superstar <laughs> in the making. Budding superstar, Mackenzie Gaines. Uh, JP, by the way, JPP, friend of the show, JPP posted us a video the other day that was a highlight video of all the 16, I think, different individual goal scorers for the team this year. That It was like 
one video for one goal from each of those guys. Okay. And every um, there, the Gaines was like getting all the assist. Like it was a like Gaines was creating the plays. Gaines's name was mentioned like the most in that entire montage. So I, he's always in the create in the scoring chances and things like that. I, I'm. I'm I'm big on gains. I'm yeah. bullish on gains. I'm glad you are. Yeah, yeah Because exactly. he's somebody that we drafted in yeah, the expansion Yeah, draft. exactly. Therefore, so, I want it to pay off. I protect gains. I don't... I Honestly, I don't protect Yuzviak. Definitely not. Because he's someone we're questioning his DP, his contract status anyway. So let St. Louis... If St. Louis wants to take that on, go for it. Have at it. If you want to get a fringe DP guy who's on a DP salary and take that off our hands and just solve our problem for us, go for it. That's fine with me. I, he's not a protection for me at all. As much as I appreciate the growth he showed in the second half of the season, easily, easy, easy non-protection I appreciate that take very much because it's very consistent with most of our – I think this is episode 54 of the show. might be 53. might be 55. I'm not sure. Do you hey, know? we're in our mid-50s. We start to forget the details. You know, <laughs> what can you say? At this point in the, in the show's history, I think that decision would be consistent with – most of what you said on the show, and I respect yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I'm not changing my mind on him. Yeah, I respect on, on, that. Yeah, I have definitely changed my mind on him in terms of the really harsh criticisms I was doing, but... I mean, I, he was the lowest-rated player on the field right. in yeah, the final yeah. match of the season. Just not... It, we, when spots are precious to protect, I'm not going to spend a spot on him, so... In fact, he might do us a favor. Right, that's what I'm saying. Solve our problem for us, you know, like... We have to negotiate whether we keep him as a DP or not, or re- or buy him down so and stuff like we, that. Yeah. So, so should we reach out to St. Louis and be like, "Hey, do you want Yuzviak?" Well, we got to be sly because, about it, though. No, we got to do the no, reverse psychology. No, we just tell him, "Hey, you can have him." No, no, you got to do the reverse you, psychology. Be like, we got to be like, "Hey, we really don't want you to take Yuzviak. Please don't." We, you got to do that on because they're, you know, they want to steal. Like you said, they want to steal someone from us. So. Yeah, and they're, yeah. I think they're too dense to figure out the result, reverse psychology, so they'll actually they'll, they'll fall for it. Okay. You know? That's the, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what do I know? But uh, so who else? Is, I don't want to hear who you won't. Right. Well, I was just I was kind of going who, along the offensive line. I, I know. I know. I won't. I I won't protect Rios just because. Again, I'm kind of going in your mold, which is you had a, a list of one, so I'm not trying to fill out a list of twelve here. I'm just saying who I, who are my musts. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, who who, who th- when you think about this franchise. And it's second season. You can you can play on. Remember, we had different left and right backs all season long, mm-hmm. and we played on. We had different midfielders all season long, yeah. and we and we played on. We yeah. didn't we didn't have different players at the top and players on the wings. Kervin Vargas really settled in, and he's another name. He's my last. Yeah, he's the last one on my list. He's the last one on my list. He just gets in because, uh, similar to, I don't think he flashed as much at his position, even in a, a lot of a lot more minutes than Milanda did at his. But he's so young. It's kind of like we put in this time. It's all, like in my office. I always say there's there's a there's a uh, tendency to hire interns. Interns have a very high turnover uh, rate of getting jobs at the company, and it's because. We've put this much time into them. We've trained them. We've taught them all our ways. They know our systems. Like, why are we just going to ship them off and send them out the door? Let's let's like, let's pay off this investment we've already put in. And Vargas certainly fits that. And you could say Camille fits that too, but but Vargas, I just think is a little more upside. It's a great take, and it, it's fun to hear you describe it that way. As far as investing into the the young talent that you've right. brought along, and that's something that right. Christian Latanzio has been. Uh, praised for as far as working with young talent, bringing them along. Mm-hmm. So I think that 
from that point of view, if you're an experienced player, I would be concerned if you're going to St. Louis. If you're a young player who <laughs> yeah. might have a future at this club, well, you're going to get protected. Think about what did St. Louis say. And I, This was not planned, but this has turned into the create the rivalry with St. Louis episode, and I'm here for it. Like I'm loving this, the, way, the, the, the turn this whole conversation has taken. But, like, they said this quote. They're, they're, someone from their camp put this out there a few weeks ago. It was like, oh, we don't need designated players. We're going to have a designated team. Like, no. Like, do you want to go – do you want to go to a place where your upside is capped, where you have no chance to, to get into a designated player situation where you can't be recognized as a star? I don't think so. I, th- I think you're, you're chopping your guys' aspirations off of the knees when you say stuff like that. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams, we're here. We're, we're on the patio outside of the OG. From one OG to another, my friend. Nota Brewing Company, we're here. Um, it's a Sunday. It is uh, about to be golden hour. Uh, the clocks got turned back last night, so it's not yeah. five o'clock yet, and you can you can feel the end of the day coming. Yeah, and it's going to be that way here in Charlotte for the next couple months, and it's going to be uh, a lot for people to to see it get get dark so quickly as we enter uh, our our winter months here in the city, which I hope are you know pretty mild and comfortable. We got holiday season World Cup to look forward to. And we're going to talk about this World Cup. We're going to talk about a World Cup player pool that, of course, all the tremendous friends of the show should should be into. We're going to talk about the MLS Cup. Was it the best? Mike Umberger, friend of the show, <laughs> tweeted us. He said, was this the, the greatest MLS Cup match ever? We're, we're going to answer that question. It was, it was really fucking uh, great. The, the match yeah. was from – I still haven't seen it, so I'm excited to see it on the rewatch, but I'm, I'm going to ask you the question. Yeah. Greatest ever? Well, you want me to answer right now? No, no. We're gonna do that after the break. We're gonna talk oh, about the United down, States. Settle down, There's, there's, there's two bits of news this week. We talked about the expansion mm-hmm. draft. We've also got the United States men's national team and the official World Cup roster release Wednesday night in Brooklyn, New York. It'll be live oh. to see the roster as the squad heads off to Qatar for the first time in eight years. Danny Brown's will play for the World Cup. So if you didn't like our first segment that was about a list, stay tuned for our next segment, which will also be about a list. And then we'll also talk about the cup because it's always the cup on the Charlotte Soccer Show. We're back after this. All right, we're back on the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams. I want to give you some props as well as our friend Matt Geslin for our new YouTube product. You can find the Charlotte Soccer Show on YouTube, Premier League Banter. I, I caught the episode earlier today, and it was pretty fucking What'd good. What would you think? Dude. Yeah, yeah hey, hey, we gave you a shout-out in there. Yeah, we're doing Premier League Banter. We're, we, we love our boy Geslin. He's got a lot of hot takes. And he's but but been, he was measured on the show. Today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He reels him in once he in in a in a little bit more of a structured situation. The, the if the show if was like the group text, it would be a problem. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. But the but the show is actually a little bit more measured. But yeah, we're doing Premier League reactions like after the action. We did one on a Saturday, like halfway through the slate. We did one 
this that was last week this week we did we waited till all the games were over to talk about it and probably mo most people missed us posting because we posted it right in the heart of the NFL uh, Sunday that was going on but it, we'll, we'll give our we'll give the old self retweet later when there's a little bit more of a dead zone but uh, but yeah people we love to talk Premier League we love to get Gesslin involved he moved away so when we tape Charlotte soccer show proper the OG Charlotte soccer show we, it's got to be in person but we want to expand our, our content offerings just because we love talking about all this stuff. So we're going to be doing a lot more on the YouTube. And Premier League Banter is the first uh, first step in that direction. Every, every weekend we're going to have, even though they're taking a long break, for, Premier League Banter will morph into World Cup Banter during the, during the World Cup. But uh, uh, it's really fun. And that it's bringing some new voices into our community. And who knows, maybe maybe we'll have even more new voices in the future. You, know, you never know. There's, there's a, the scene is hot. It is. We, we talked about it. You can go back to a couple episodes ago when we were at OMB. And I said, Danny, like, the, the soccer is coming. It's, mm -hmm. it, the MLS season's ending, but the soccer is coming. And it's coming fast and furious. We, we mentioned the EFL Cup matches this week. Always the Cup. I, I didn't hear any EFL Cup talk <laughs> on Premier League banter, so I'm going to get you on that on this episode in a little bit. We're going to talk about Ted Lasso. How good is Ted Lasso? I, I, like, when you think about sitcoms... When you think about modern American television, I want to ask you, Danny Brams, where Ted Lasso fits in to our country's cultural history. I think it's uh, an extremely important show. And I love the fact that it has the soccer motif. I, I think that brings it really, like, seals the deal for me. Like, the fact that the show is about soccer and a soccer club obviously, like, gives me that extra much more to love it. But even if it was not, if it was about some other random business or whatever, like what the, you asked me about the show's place in modern history and like the the modern television, the modern streaming, the modern entertainment drama edgy landscape is all about antiheroes. It start you know you can go. I mean, it's always been this way, but like from the the Sopranos to Breaking Bad to a million other clone shows that have come out. Every every show out there is all about antiheroes and. You know, how, how can we get an audience to cheer for this person who's horrible seems to be like the driving mantra of so many TV showrunners these days. But it's like, Ted Lasso is just a show that's just like unrepentant, unembarrassed, like unapologetic good. And it's just like good people doing good things. And like, it just takes you back to a day maybe when the, that was more the norm in the entertainment landscape, when it was trying about trying to make people feel good as opposed to like making, seeing how sick and twisted you can get with making people feel bad with some of these shows that I watch. I have no judgment here. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I, I draw the line at Dahmer. Dahmer, I think was a little too far for me. And, you know, I wouldn't it, even consider putting that on. Yeah. Yeah. If you were posting that uh, as a meme, let's say uh, wink, wink, then uh, you, you definitely crossed a few lines, but, but no Ted Lasso, it's just a good show. It's just a good show. And like, we need that in this world, in this life. And they're, they're just good people doing good things. And it's great. You know what I've got queued up for December 25th? The Ted Lasso Christmas special. Oh, you got it's good. I have a feeling over the next few years that is going to become a staple. At least of the, the, the and I, I'll admit that there's like a, there's an online, there's like a Twitter, social media, like crowd of like Ted Lasso lovers. Maybe it's just in my timeline or whatever, but like, I know the show has like some people that like love it a little too much sometimes, but I don't care. It's, it's worthy of that love. And like, I, I can't wait because that episode came out last year, the Christmas episode. So like this year I know all the, 
the Ted Lasso army in social media is going to be posting about, can't wait to watch Ted Lasso Christmas. And you know what? I'm doing that on the podcast. And yeah, and more, and more power to him. I have no, no, you know, the voice, don't mistake that little, that little high-pitched squeaky voice as uh, uh, looking down my nose at anything, because I'll be doing the same damn thing. You sounded like somebody that was like in an animated, <laughs> like, Christmas Santa special. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, Mr. Claus. <laughs> yeah, hey. Keep it thematic, baby. I love the holidays. <laughs> so we've got got three potential topics here, and I'm going to give you the choice of what you get first. Wow. Can I do a live update real quick yeah, first, sure. just since it's, since it's a loose episode? Yeah. I want to do a live update, live Twitter update, because in, we wrapped up our most recent segment right before the break, talking about Kerwin Vargas. Yeah. Moments ago, mere moments, as we were discussing him, he tweeted this out. And I'm just going to read the translation because my Spanish accent is terrible. It's been a season of great sensations. The future will be one of great achievements with a lot of dedication and work to bring joy to our fans. And we always stay together for the crown. Siempre seguimos juntos por la corona. I can say that at least. Like, as we were talking about him, he tweeted that. And he put a bunch of pictures of himself playing for Charlotte. Protect Kerwin Vargas at all costs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This kid believes it. Put him on the fucking list, for sure. If if you weren't watching closely, uh, there was a point in time where Kerwin Vargas didn't get any minutes. And there's a point in time where he didn't lose any minutes. There was was a clear shift. Yeah. So go with the choices. I I had to get that out there. Because as we were taking a break, I saw that on Twitter. And I was like, I need to bring this up. MLS Cup, the USMNT roster, or the EFL Cup. I have a feeling what's going to be last. (laughs) <laughs> you, you're judging me for the fact that I, you know I would put AEFL Cup third on that list even though I love it? No. Uh, I, let's talk MLS Cup because we kind of have it's, it. It was so great. I know you haven't. You didn't get a chance well, to watch the I'll full match. Banter, yeah. I heard you call it the best MLS Cup game of all time. Yeah. And that was what Mike Umberger's question. Yeah. That's, that we teased before the break. Like, is right. it the best MLS Cup game of all time? I, it's easily the best MLS Cup game. It's the best, the, the best MLS game I've ever seen. Now, I'm not a really hardcore fan of the league until 2012, 2013, so it took me a long time to get on board. There's 20 years of history before that that I might be missing, but I can tell you that a lot of the commentators that have, you know, the Stu Holdens of the world that have been with the league forever, uh, they were calling it the best game they've ever seen. They said, and they made the point of saying, it's not just the best MLS Cup final of all time, it's the best MLS game of all time. And they, like, they hammered home that point, so it was a great match. It was an absolutely insane match. Uh, for Philly to go down and fight back, to go down and fight back, to take the lead and then choke, and then for so so in the most MLS moment of all time, a man was shown a red card after suffering a horrific injury and being carted off the pitch. Like he's on a stretcher. There's like a 10 minute delay in the game. This guy Maxime Crapeau, Canadian national team goalie, LFC, LAFC goalie, is being stretchered off the pitch, and the ref pops over and goes, "Hey, oh by the way, red card." <laughs> 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 it's, like, it's like ridiculous. Like, and that's that's like somewhere in the middle of the top 10 of amazing things that happen in this game. It's just like absolutely insane. The goals that were scored, the fight, the action. It was like, it was like. Uh, Cocaine was shot into the bloodstream. Uh, both, both teams v- went for yeah, it. Yeah, but via lightning bolt. Yes, like, it yeah, was like yeah. that kind of situation. It was like, like, it was like yeah. Zeus's lightning bolt. Yeah, exactly. With a with a, you know a dose of amphetamine on top. It was absolutely insane. Well, it's like 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 Zeus's thunderbolt <laughs> with the god of thunder flying around the room. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah, exactly. Just so like, by the way, I, on, the reason why I'm bringing that up is because on Friday night 
great night for a movie night. I watched. I finally watched Thor: Love and Thunder. Underrated. I like that movie. Huge, huge fan of Thor, and the what I heard about the show was a lot of negativity. What I took away from the movie was like, yeah, that's ex- once we hit Ragnarok. That was the vibe we were going for. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. We, and the vibe is good. Yeah. And we're going to keep it. But that's an aside. Actually, a great that's movie. A mu- movie review aside. That I think will age well. Yeah, yeah. That, so that we can put that yeah, eventually. Yeah. When we when the content gets big enough, we'll have we'll add movie reviews to the site, but yeah. to the YouTube. But uh, but no, it was a great match. It felt like a movie at times. There was a story that could only be written. It felt fixed. Sometimes in some of the great MLS matches, one of the contenders for all-time great MLS match has to be the Zlatan Ibrahimovic debut in El Trafico oh, uh, when he, you yes. know, that. And many, I have a great friend, a really good friend, who's like, he's convinced. It's not, I, it's not like ha ha, wink wink, conspiracy theory. He's literally convinced that that was all scripted by MLS office. To get for Zlat, like he's like he's like giving me the JFK like Zapruder film breakdown. Like look, at, he goes look. He he'll like send me a YouTube video. He like freeze it right there, and he'll be he'll be like look at this header. Like this header, there's no way a real defender would head it backwards for Zlatan to run onto it. And how like it's so funny how deep the conspiracy goes with him. But like this match, this Union LAFC match felt almost scripted in how great it was. And I gotta say, for every most people that watched it know what they saw the goals were all more kind of team goals other than pure galazzos but they were just the excitement built around them all and i gotta say i think i was pulling for philly union i think you were with your philadelphia roots i I think the the consensus was a pull for philly i wanted them to win and i respect jim Curtin. i respect jim Curtin as the coach of the philadelphia union as a team, even though he didn't figure out a way to beat Charlotte FC with NFL lines on the field, he, he was not coach enough to figure that out. He is one of the best coaches in the league. I would say consensus top three coach and a contender for coach of the year this season. Absolute coaching malpractice and something that will haunt him for the rest of his professional, if not physical life on this earth, was to have your center back score a brace that puts you up 3-2 in the 113th, 114th minute of MLS Cup final against 10 men, a side that's had a red card, they're they're coming at you, and you somehow couldn't see out the last five, six minutes of the match to win a title, and you allow somehow an equalizer off a set piece, Gareth Bell header, and then, and then absolutely bottle the penalty kick shootout against a backup goalkeeper who has not played, who's not been on a pitch in months. Just, just I mean, it's it's coaching malpractice, and I, I, I think I don't know if Curtin will ever live it down. And I actually, it's the kind of thing that I, it's the kind of loss that I think could linger into Philadelphia Union season next year. I, I, I like to believe they're a professional enough organization that that wouldn't happen, but I mean, that is just a bone cutting. Like I can just feel my. It lingers. I can feel my blood vessels popping just yeah, thinking lingers. about it. if that you if that were me no, 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 if no. that were me. <laughs> yeah. It lingers. It's, it's yeah. one of it's one of those matches that I can I can hear the takeaway being that yes, in the moment you feel the loss, but it's something that months later yeah. eats eats away at your soul. Yeah. And and you understand that the opportunity was there. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's the reason why so many squads who lose championship games have a tough time bouncing back next yeah. next year. And and I'll go back last year to MLS Cup final at Portland. Portland loses the MLS Cup at home. And mm-hmm. you know what they were this year? 
a shell of themselves. Yeah. Sometimes it can really, really come and and come quickly that the negativity and that's why it's that's why it's the manager's responsibility. That's why it's the supporter's responsibility. And that's why it's the players' responsibility. The sons of Ben need to step up because to to, to create energy around the club. Yeah. Because without energy, not much happens. And we we witnessed that with Charlotte FC. As far as energy is concerned. You know, and, and that's nothing that we have to worry about heading into next year is that we will have energy for this squad and the squad will feed off yeah. of that energy. And knowing that coming off of the World Cup and getting back into camp for a lot of, for, for our top players, Carl mm-hmm. Sigursky specifically, the only player that's gonna be in the World Cup. But for everybody else who is having some time off, enjoying the holiday season with their families, that energy at the end of the year felt positive. They could yeah. build off of that. For Philadelphia Union, yeah. that negative energy, you got to find a way to get rid of that quickly, and I'm not sure that they're going to have, have a way to do that. Uh, we'll learn. We'll we'll learn either way. I, I, there's... I think Philly will miss the playoffs next year. I don't hate that prediction at all. I think that's a very – that's a bold yet reasonable prediction that I love to see you make on the show. Yeah. And it's got to linger. It just And you can see it lingered in the shoot. Just the conceding of the goal of the bail equalizer – on what was one of the very last kicks of the game, even though Philly did have a corner kick for the very last kick of the game, but and it was a it was a horrible kick, and like they were rattled. They, like Gazdag, one of their most important, greatest players, MLS MVP candidate, I think he was in the top five of the voting, skies his penalty kick against a backup goalkeeper who has not seen the field in months, and you don't even make this guy work. And then the next two or three, the Jose Martinez steps up second, shoots it right into the goalkeeper before the, he even makes McCarthy make a decision. Like, they just bottle the PK shootout worse than I've seen a team blow a shootout uh, in some time. And LA, LA was just putting the, LA wasn't necessarily, I think Blake made a save. Blake saved the first one. I, I said to somebody, I said, Blake sa-, when the shootout started, I said, if Blake saves one, Philadelphia's the champions. He saved one. And then the Philly shooters absolutely just clowned it. An MLS Cup for the ages, maybe the best of all time. It goes yeah. down to the to the penalty kicks. And until until the one that's at the keep in the very near future. Hopefully 12 months from now. Well, that's the dream that, we'll, that Charlotte FC will be hosting MLS Cup next year. And by the way, an MLS Cup match in early November in Charlotte would be unbelievable as far as yeah. just like time of year yeah championship aspiration it, it would just be it would, it would take the city over if it happened and that's what Charlotte FC has done so well they've connected with the city we know how this city gets behind a winner the most remarkable thing to me is the connection of Charlotte FC to a to this city in a season where we had to let's be honest we had to sort of look for wins we had to sort of say hey we ended the season on a strong note hey we have a really good talented player in Swiderski hey there's there's excitement around our coach like but like we didn't we were under 500 team we didn't make the playoffs we failed short fell short like there you could point out a lot of negatives about Charlotte FC and yet the connection is still so strong so like it just imagine once we start winning cuz that's that's a matter of when not if i f- firmly believe that so i just think the ceiling has not even reached as far as the connection that can be made between the club and the city and the supporters and the fans and the the energy that will vibe. I remember the when I f- the one of the the 2015 NFL run to the Super Bowl behind Cam, Cam Newton's last stand, as it turned out <laughs> turned out to be the last year that he was truly great, was one of the most amazing things for me. Just see this whole city like rally around the, the Panthers that year and become 
like all the flags were flying in cars as you commute to work and stuff like that. Imagine that for Charlotte FC. I think it's closer than we all realize, to be honest with you. I do. Um, and I think that this this club, based on the things that we've discussed on this podcast tonight, Danny Brams, is on the ascent. And there's going to be a lot of MLS clubs this offseason that are on the descent. They're going to be getting ready. <laughs> and for, Philly's one of them. And, and, yeah, yeah, exactly right. And, and yeah, there's yeah. going to be other teams yeah. that, are, that are taking the ball and, mm-hmm. and, and it's rolling and they're, and they're taking it in stride. Yeah. And Charlotte FC is a club that's going to take the ball in stride and do something with it. This season, I think a lot of other teams are, are maybe passing it back and, and trying to reset things. Look at what Austin did. There's nothing stopping us from doing the same thing and even and surpassing their achievement and making it all the way to the final instead of the semis. We appreciate your question, Mike Umberger, uh, Bridget McCall. Uh, she tweets in as well, who do you think will be on the protected list? I think we went we went through that, that conversation as well. And what factors do you think go into who is – and who is not decided to be put on this list, especially knowing that St. Louis probably won't grab a, a CLTFC player. Knowing that, I may disagree with that. You feel that say, pretty confident St. Louis will. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've, I'm on the record on this show saying that, like, I, I think that they want to take L- one of our mo- Literally 20 minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think they want one of our players. Uh, yeah. I, I think the fact, to answer Bridget's question, the factors that go into it are more their value to should be more the value to us than the value to St. Louis. We need to not worry about what St. Louis will do. We just need to focus on ourselves. And we need to say these are the the 12 players as we go down the list. This guy's better. It's hard decisions and we haven't really gone through the exercise on this show cuz neither of us are being paid to do that. But there are some really good people and smart people in the offices of Bank of America Stadium that are being paid to do that. And they're the ones that have to say, this guy's better than this guy. This guy's better than this guy. This guy's better than this guy. And let's not worry about what St. Louis will do. I have my own personal theories about them not taking a goalkeeper. I could be proven right or wrong on that. But the people that are running the team should focus on our team and what makes us great. And St. Louis is going to do what it's going to do. It's a great take, and it, it makes me feel comfortable. It makes me feel satisfied. <laughs> That's why I don't think I'm going to add much of the conversation on that. It's a great way to answer that question. Um, our, 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 finally, our final question was about Kalina. Um, so I think we – I say don't protect him. I say dare him, dare them, dare them the last wall. to do give, it. Give, give a shout-out to the last wall who said Love protect, the last protect wall. Kalina. Question. Love the last wall. He's he's a, he's a great follower. He always contributes a good question. Never asks a two-part question, which – did you see the video, by the way, the Kellen Acosta pre MLS Cup video? I know you had a really busy yeah, weekend, but question. yeah, it wasn't that it? Yeah, yeah, but we posted that. From, yeah, yeah the, I mean, our social media intern put that one up, but yeah, yeah. The, the 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 two part question should have been the first clue. Yeah, you, you know, <laughs> yeah. Add, add Kellen Acosta to the ranks of people who will never answer another two part question again. Next up, we're going to talk about the United States men's national team on the show. We are, as of this taping, two weeks away from the 2022 World Cup. Danny Rams, this is the world's biggest stage for any soccer player. This is where the the next generation of star is born. Right. And it's about to happen. Yeah. How excited are you for that? I'm incredibly excited. There's a lot of problems outside off the pitch with this world cup that would require a bonus episode to deal with but when it comes down to it i'm a sap 
I love the World Cup, and I'm just I'm gonna walk like it would be everything inside. There's so ever so much inside me that's telling me like, uh, you know, boycott this World Cup. I know that it just in my heart of hearts I'm gonna watch and I'm gonna cheer and I'm, I'm gonna deal with the implications it, of it all it, later. It's going yeah. to be match day one. Yeah, and you're gonna see the anthems. You're right. You're gonna see right. the crowd full, and you're gonna say to yourself, "Wait a minute." It's the cup. It's about to happen. <laughs> yeah. And the World the, Cup is about to be awarded. I you don't know I don't know if you know this about me. I absolutely love, love, love the pre match anthems. I just I oh I there's just no I would if I miss the anthems before a match, it's it cheapens the match for me because it tells you so much about what you're about to see. If you see the nation that's screaming its anthem out and all the players are just like shouting it to the to the top of their lungs. You know they're going to have an edge, especially in the early part of the match. And there's, I have power rankings of anthems. I love, as much as I really don't like the Italian national team, I do love Song of the Italians, Hymn of the Italians, great, great anthem. I love O Canada. I'm a huge O Canada guy. Canadians uh, we are going will, into we the World Cup. We will finally be hearing it yes, at the World Cup. Yeah, you know, yes. we've heard it at the Gold Cup so many times yes. and whatnot. So to be able to hear it uh, uh, at the uh, World Cup is going to be amazing. And obviously the Star Spangled Banner. Who doesn't want to see that being played on the international stage for everyone to hear? And who is going to be in the lineup for that USMNT? That, that's the reason why we're going to have this conversation. We talked about Wednesday night in Brooklyn, New York. At the Steel Yard, we're going to learn who is part of this Amazing. U.S. World Cup squad, which will be—it's almost guaranteed—the youngest squad in Qatar for this World Cup. Is it a golden generation? Like that's the question. And if you want some supplemental material, John put this out last week, but the Athletic did a five-part series about remaking the U.S. men's national team. It's If you haven't listened to it yet, it's like the perfect way to get ready for this roster release later this week, right. except for, uh, you know, after you finish this episode. But it's really good, and I would say if you don't have time, to, it's five 30-ish minute episodes. If you don't have time to listen to the whole thing, skip to episode four. Absolutely amazing. The question is asked, are we in a golden generation of U.S. men's national players? And it, I think... I think yes. I think the answer is yes, but I also loved, spoiler alert, Clint Dempsey on the episode, on the question. He was pissed. He was like, F that. He's like, 2022, a golden generation. Did you see what we did in 2006, 2010? Like, like, I mean, he was like... He was like, fuck that. I'm the golden generation, bitch. Like, come on. You know, like, yeah. So, it's a good episode, and it's a good question, and we'll see. It's going to be a young roster. And I personally... For me, I want us to have a good showing in 2022, but it's all about 2026 for me. We we need to build. This is great. This is all like a bonus for me. This is a. I'm excited to enjoy this World Cup, and right. and take it as a bonus to see what our young kids can do. And I would love to get out of the group. I think getting out of the group and playing around a 16 game has to be viewed as a success if we get there, because the real push is 2026 World Cup in North America there's a good chance uh, Charlotte's not going to be hosting a World Cup match but there's a really good chance the World Cup final could be played in at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta so I, I, I don't plan on going anywhere I plan to be right here down in the southeast in 2026 and it could be just a short drive down I-85 to go see the World Cup final and I, I would like to see the U.S. playing in that match I think we, I believe our talent is enough, and there's enough clowns. The, 
I have an overarching theory, which is that the Jurgen Klopp will coach the United States men's national team in that. that we've World already Cup? dealt with that. We already <laughs> no. I actually have an overarching theory in that the quality of international soccer has gotten worse, and that the the so-called powerhouses are at lulls. I think there's obviously superstars like Mbappe, Neymar, Messi, but like Argentina, Brazil, France, Kimmich on Germany is their superstar. Like they're not as strong relative to the rest of the world as they've been in in previous years we'll see we'll see how that plays out next month but yeah it's a good take it, it's a good take and and you can look ahead to 2026 but i don't give a fuck about 2026 at this point i know i know yeah you're right yeah i feel bad for mentioning that but i'm just we got talking about the whole golden no, generation you, you, thing yeah, you know yeah you're just and by the way i appreciate the, the love yeah, of the yeah. podcast which has no it's genuine which, yeah it was great know, a great listen um very proud of at the athletic. There's no doubt. Go to go to add John Hayes on air to find those links. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. It, it's one of those. It's one of those situations that it puts in everything in perspective. It's tough to put eight years in a perspective. Right. And that and that was the point of the project. Right. To put eight years in a perspective. And that's a long time. You know, there's not many yeah. how many chances you have. Any chances you have to do eight years of storytelling in this business, right? You're usually on to the next week. Yeah. On to the next week. Yeah. See who wins the national championship. But for this United States men's national team, this is eight years in the making. Yeah. I remember exactly where I was when they missed out on the World Cup. I literally remember my thoughts, mm-hmm. my motions, everything that I was doing in that moment. I remember. Yeah. And it dawned it, on me that we missed. Right. It felt like a fix. I remember it felt feeling like this was rigged because we lost to Trinidad. And then, but even with the loss to Trinidad, we weren't officially out until the late goal went in in Panama. So it's just like it all felt like a fix to me. I was like, I was like, how could this happen? It, you know? Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. it was rock bottom. Yeah, for sure. It was rock bottom, and that's what this 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 podcast series does. Is and and I'll give uh, Sam Stageco and Paul Tenori a lot of credit for this. Is what it does is it shows you what rock bottom looks like, and then what the precipice. Of glory could be. So, right? do you think we'll get there in twenty two? Like, what's your what's your what's your standard of what's good in this World Cup? Because you beat Wales in the first match. Wow! And you're, I, and I wow! Think, yes, you're going yes, game by yeah, game. Yes, yes. Next game, yeah. one game at a time. I love it. I'm, hear me out. I, I'm four years. I'm four years in the future, and you haven't even moved past the first <laughs> fucking match, dude. I fucking love it. It's brilliant. And you look at that, and if you can get three points out of that, yeah. all of a sudden you start asking yourself, can we advance? And you feel good about that three points, and I guarantee the athletic, the analytics, and the percentages would back me up yeah. on teams that get three points. Win in the, the first, first match. match, yeah, one hundred percent, yeah. So if you beat Wales, and you limit Gareth Bale and his ability to score goals, because he's going to come in, he might start that match, or he'll be in as an right. impact sub. He will yeah. be playing for Wales. Thankfully, in that match. no one on the Philadelphia Union back line is going to be <laughs> playing for the U.S. Men's National Team. <laughs> So that's where I'm at, right? You get those three points, and then you go into that England match on Friday, and you ask yourself, okay, could we get a draw out of this? And if we do, where does four points lead us into that final match? And you go, actually in a good spot, because you're probably tied for the top of the group at that point yeah. with England. If you, you And all of a sudden you yeah. go to that final match against Iran in the group stage, and you say... U.S. versus Iran to advance. Sign me up for that shit. I know it's a good program that Iran has going right now. They're not on the level of Wales or England. 
Let's just be honest. So yeah. it's so my yeah. my ultimate point. They is, have some players. Is that the schedule works for the United States? Yeah. The schedule works. Yeah, I like the way it breaks down. You're gonna you're gonna hear so many people talk about the quality, the ability to get out of the group. Just think about the schedule. Wales first, England second, Iran third. I like that. I mean, it could. It's a lot like. It's a lot better than Iran first because you're expected to win then, and if you don't, then all of a sudden what happens? And then it's all just pressure, pressure, pressure for a week and a half for yeah. sure. So, yeah, I, I like what you're saying there. Um, I don't know, man. Like, just you saying that has brought has brought me fully back from my – I was, like, up in the clouds thinking win the World Cup final in Atlanta, Georgia, United States, Earth. Yeah. And now, all of a sudden, like, you breaking down the game-by-game game of 22 has brought me right back, and I'm, like, a nervous re- – I'm, like, I'm like biting my fist here, just like, how the hell are we going to beat Wales? Yeah, that's, and that's the goal, and we should be. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we talked about the – we're going to find out our roster on Wednesday. Um, the U.S. should beat Wales. Wales is only in this World Cup thanks to a playoff win. Um, and they did not qualify for the World Cup. They only qualified because they won the playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, the United States, on the other hand, qualified outright for the World Cup. We could talk about the difficulty of the qualifying group. Sure, we'll have that argument. We can. But if you put America's talent up against Wales's talent, I'll tell you what. The United States has more talent than Wales. I'm sorry. They, they just do. For sure. For they sure. Just do. Who do they have? Who does Wales have outside of Gareth Bale? Like They got little Danny James. That he's a Premier League guy, but he's a Man United washout who now is on the uh, su- a sub bench role for they have Leeds. Ben Davis? Yeah. Who else do they have, Danny? They don't have they don't have a lot of guys. I think Joe Allen will probably little wee Joe, the uh, the uh, four foot nine uh, Welshman. Yeah, I, I don't I don't need to get into that. But the point is, is that the roster announcement is coming out this weekend as as the an almost full moon rises here outside. In, in North Charlotte, it's 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 exciting, Danny Rams. I, do you have any other final takes on USMNT before we move I on? Gotta we got to move on. We're out of time. I got to take. I got to take. We're out of time. I got to take. Put Georgie Mihailovic on the team. Put Georgie Mihailovic on the team. I don't know what Burhalter's problem with Georgie is. He pissed him off somehow through some when Burhalter used to coach at Columbus, and he's mad at Georgie about something. Mihailovic is one of the most talented. U.S. Central Med, uh, American Central Midfielders that we have. He, he just is. If, if I'm looking at some predictions of, of what this squad's going to end up being, they're talking about Weston McKinney, Eunice Musa, yeah. Christian Roldan, and Malik Tillman. All ahead of Georgie Mihailovic? No. No no fucking way. Christian Roldan is not better than Georgie Mihailovic. There's no chance. And Malik Tillman, please, give me a break. I have, I, I'll admit I'm not seeing a ton of Malik's game. But I don't care. I love Mihailovic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Put, him in, and, put him in the eleven. Yeah, put him on the team because he's first off he, he's he's someone who you can put him on the team. He can play zero minutes the entire cup, and yet the experience he's young. I think he's you twenty three years old. I think you could start. Well, him. I think you could start him, but I, I, I'm just saying to at least put him on the team because again, it's it's really is about building to twenty six for me. I mean, it really, like okay. we want to have a good showing in twenty two. I'm going to enjoy it, but like we're hosting in twenty six, and we need to have our best. We need to maximize our upside. We need to – Georgie Mihailovic's ceiling is a lot fucking higher than Christian Roldan's ceiling. I'll tell you that much right you know now. What? So let, let's invest in that. You know what I'll tell uh, the tremendous friends of the show is that I'll say, you know, after the U.S. gets that draw against England on Black Friday and we've got four points headed in an Iran match, we'll make sure to do a full match preview here on the podcast. 
Can't wait. And we won't and we won't talk about 2026 because that's that. <laughs> I, 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 I know I, you're <laughs> I know you're mad at me, but I, don't, I, I, I like I'm just trying to keep it real. So the final topic. It's a for the weird show, World Cup. And the, and the one question that I have for you is the EFL Cup this week in the Premier League. What is this? What what is this cup competition? Is it shit? It's the fourth trophy in the Premier League behind clearly Champions League, Premier League, FA Cup, and then you've got the EFL Cup. Where, where does this competition rate? And it's, and are you looking forward to any of these matches this week? Because it's a pretty solid slate. It's it's. I'm going to give you half and half. It's a shit cup that's always fun to watch. Uh, Of course, I'm going to be locked in. I'm going to be watching these matches uh, from start to finish because I I love a cup match. It's it's not a good cup, but it's a cup. (laughs) You know, what can I say? Uh, It's not the FA Cup. It's just the EFL Cup. Arsenal hosts Brighton and Hove Albion, and if, if, if Brighton knocks Arsenal out of the cup, it's a bad week for the Gunners. Play the kids. I think the Gunners' aspirations at this point, I, I, I actually wouldn't mind <laughs> if we had a little more time to focus on some other competitions. Fair enough. you got but Manchester City's hosting Chelsea as well. If we if we go to the EFL Cup semifinals and play five extra games and that hurts us in the title race against Manchester City, that's not worth it to me. You know what it I'm is? I'm not ashamed to admit that. It's a sneaky way to do this, and I wouldn't know this as a Spurs fan. <laughs> It's a sneaky way how to – it is Spurs' last trophy for what it's worth. It's yeah, a sneaky way to get hardware and to enjoy a season is to win this cup competition. It's a great way to say see the kids. you know, you, and, and, and get some yeah. something for your trophy case. There's yeah. there's like glass panes for sure. that things need to be put behind yeah. in your stadium. Yeah, Spurs don't have any of those. It, Arsenal needs one. Right. This year. And having a lot of them how looks good nice they are. for sure. So I'm curious if you value this cup. And the question is, no, you don't. The answer is no, you don't. I should say. It if we're like defending, if we're defending league champions, you're at home against Brighton. If we're defend, if we had a bunch of other trophies, just win the game. Then it'd be worth trying to chase this one to add to it. But like, if we just if we win the EFL Cup and don't win the Premier League and don't and don't win the FA Cup, it's not a good season. Well, I, I think that could easily be the, the case for Arsenal. Well, it's a bad season. Then. And, and that, and uh, sorry to have higher aspirations. We can get into that conversation. You should yeah, get into yeah, that conversation yeah, yeah, more yeah, yeah. on Premier League banter. You can find that on the Charlotte Soccer Show YouTube page. Matt Geslin, Danny Brams, the last couple weeks after Premier League match days. Recap the action. Talked about what the season looks like moving forward. And I recommend that and to, to any soccer fan, especially people who are getting, getting to know the league. And the top of the league, and the London clubs. Yeah, that's our main focus. And and we do that on the show. So, uh, time's out, Danny Brams. This is it. The show's over. Um, so we've got a huge week. We're going to get to know the United States men's national team. We're going to get to know the expansion draft, and we're going to see all these EFL Cup matches, and the the next chapter of this never-ending story continues. Betray you. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Until next time, I'm John Hayes. He's Danny Brams. And you can follow us on Twitter at For the Crown Baby. You can follow me at John Hayes on there. You can follow Danny Brams as well at Danny Brams. Hit us up there. Do us a favor. If you're this far into the podcast, I'm going to ask you to give us a review. Give us a rating. Hit us with that five star. It means a lot. Right. You know you love us. Show us the love. It helps share the show. And that's what we do. We do it for the fans. This is a passion project for us. Counting down to match week one for Charlotte FC next season. But in between those 
those uh, important dates. We're gonna we're gonna have a lot of soccer to talk about. And we're gonna do that here, and we're pumped about about that. So it's the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams, and as always, for the crown, baby. Mm-hmm.